Welcome to the Cauldron of Gaming podcast show, a video game show for all the mages, necromancers, geomancers, and summoners who play games, listen to stuff, and watch things. I'm your host, Frankie, and today I'm joined by the meticulous Josh. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> say, say, say the birds. Hello, hello. They say hello, hello, too. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Damn. I took notes uh, on what we're going to talk about this week because we were going to do a specific episode, but I forgot to update this part. So basically, we're just going to talk about uh, the games we've been playing recently, and we're going to talk about the big PlayStation Plus update that's coming soon here in June. But first off, Josh, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm not not too shabby. Uh, I got my locks worked on yesterday, slept for 19 hours, you know. Listeners, if this is your first time, uh, Josh has some lovebirds that are chatty sometimes and other times not so much, but this time we're starting off the episode with some chatty birds, so... Uh, and, and, to, and to help you guys out too normally when they're this chatty, I also talk to them too, but I'm not going to show you my, you know, insane side, so... <laughs> Well, I've got notes here, so we can either start with, uh, I feel like we should end on what we've been playing and actually start with the news, because I think that's what you wanted to talk about in the first place, about um, recording this episode. Uh, It's up to you, though. Yeah, uh, yeah, let's let's do it that way. Uh, I always love talking about what's going on in the industry. Okay, well, let's start off with... uh, Sony. Sony has recently announced that they are restructuring their PlayStation. Sony. <laughs> Sony has recently announced that they're restructuring their PlayStation Plus uh, model. I have the numbers here, so we're just going to go through them. We're not going to go too in depth in this because we're not a news podcast but these are uh this is a pretty important announcement and it does affect all of us who do play on playstation so uh sony announced that they're gonna do three tiers of playstation plus in the coming well i guess june is when it's coming out Mm -hmm. uh but i have here the three tiers from playstation blog playstation.blog directly uh we have the PlayStation Plus Essential, the PlayStation Plus Extra, and the PlayStation Plus Premium. Mm-hmm. Note, if you already are on PlayStation Plus, you're going to get converted to the PlayStation Plus Essential. So we're going to start here. The benefits are that it basically provides the same benefits that PlayStation Plus members are getting today. Uh, that includes two monthly downloadable games, exclusive discounts, cloud storage for saved games, and online multiplayer access. Mm-hmm. No changes. That's that's what we get now. Uh, that's nine ninety nine monthly, and it's going to be fifty nine ninety nine yearly for us in America. I didn't choose to go through all the numbers across the world because, come on, we're not <laughs> we're not a news outlet. We're just talking about our opinions of this, and we're here in America. In and more likely, you guys in Australia are probably getting shafted like you always guys do. Trust, yeah, it's just stupid. Like why? <laughs> If you want to take it a step up, we've got PlayStation Plus Extra. So for this one, you're going to get, uh, you're going to get let's see, uh, all the benefits from the Essential tier, which is what you get now. Uh, you're going to get a catalog of up to 400 asterisk 
of the most enjoyable PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 games, including blockbuster hits from the PlayStation Studios catalog and third-party partners. Games in the extra tier are downloadable for play. Uh, this is going to be $14.99 monthly and $99.99 yearly. I'm kind of skipping over the quarterly, but it's going to be $40 quarterly, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to get to the top, top, top tier, that's uh, PlayStation Plus Premium. Uh, you can get all the benefits from both of the lower tiers, and you're going to get 340 additional games, mm-hmm. including PlayStation 3 games available via streaming, cloud streaming. Uh, also, a catalog of beloved classic games available in both streaming and download options from the original PlayStation, PlayStation 2, and PlayStation Portable PSP yeah. generations. Uh, you're going to get cloud streaming access for original PlayStation, PlayStation 2, PlayStation Portable, and PlayStation 4 games offered in the extra and premium tiers, blah, blah, blah. And time-limited game, trial, time-limited game trials will be also offered in this tier, so customers can try some select games before they buy. This is going to be $17.99 monthly, $49.99 quarterly, or $119.99 yearly. So you wanted to talk about this, and I imagine you don't have good things to say. So I'm just going to you. <laughs> oh the- God. Okay. Well, I mean, okay. So let me. Talk, I'm going to start off by saying that um, really, I think my only thing that I'm hesitant about this whole thing is the basically the top tier, the premium tier. I kind of see the top, the premium tier being actually targeted at mostly people who are, you know, basically right around our age group people who have been playing since the yeah. old playstation days um don't be wrong i think that people who are just now get into games it's a great idea to possibly look at this tier um because if you are a video game enthusiast that means that i'm going to assume that you're not hesitant in going back and playing games that came out years decades ago on the playstation that you're willing to try those games out because some of the games that we have now are because of the games we had back then I mean, hell, we have a new Armored Core being developed by FromSoft. Don't know when it's going to drop, what's more about that, but, you know, Armored Core originally was on the PlayStation. What are you talking about? What do you mean? A new Armored Core in development? I believe there's a new Armored Core being developed by FromSoft. I could be wrong, but I thought I could have swore that, like, months ago, like, like a month ago, that was announced. No. <laughs> I didn't no? hear anything about that. No. Okay. I know that I'll double check. I'll double check, but I could, I like all my my sources were like thumbing about either either it, maybe it's not called Armored Core, but we'll get another we'll get another mech game from FromSoft. That's uh, suspicious, but it, do go on. Okay, okay. Well, either way, all I'm saying is that some of the best mech games, some of the best RPGs, are from the back in the original PlayStation OG days. Hell, if you were to ask somebody who's well versed in games, probably a common answer. If they were to if you were to ask them, hey, what's the best platform to play RPGs on? They say probably either PC or they probably say PlayStation. Interesting. Uh, I'm sorry. Just to go back to what you were saying, I used that time to do a real big, quick research. But this was in January. It said that there's a a rumored new Armored Core leak from software, Mm -hmm. uh, from, from software, that there were some images leaked, that it might be in development, but it's all rumors. Yeah, so yeah, so yeah, don't listen to me, but rumors either way. Yeah, anyway, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Still, I think it's still important because I don't know about you. I'm an Ari Core fan. So if those rumors happen to anywhere be true, or even if it's a, just a, a mech game from FromSoft, that'd be great to hear because it's yeah. exciting. Yeah. But um, I would have to wait for something confirmed. Mm. Sure, sure. I do like Armored Core. I do like it a lot. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> all, but basically, when it comes down to is that I feel like you know if you're uh, if you're really into video games and you want to have an opportunity to jump into some of those older games, but not have to you know fork out the you know money that would normally would require you to be able to chance to play some of those games, considering games like Xenogears, if it's on there. Um, you know, that's a game that's worth like what anywhere between $150, $200 brand new on eBay, I think. So the price of entry for some of these older RPG games are ridiculous if you want to try and get into it now. But if we're lucky, they'll be a part of that catalog at the premium tier. If we're lucky, we're still waiting to hear that. that. So that, getting to that point where I'm hesitant is that I don't know what we don't, I don't know what games are going to be available. And I'm wondering what games are going to be available because as a veteran, um, vet, as a veteran gamer, you know, I want to be able to see how much of my library is going to be in that catalog. I completely agree. I think that if any of these tiers that I'm going to subscribe to, or if there is any tier that I'm going to subscribe to, it's going to be the PlayStation Plus uh, premium, looks like. Mm. Uh, what bothers me about it is that the PlayStation 3 games are going to be streaming through cloud, which... Mm. Makes, makes sense, sense because yeah the, the the hardware for that system was so unique and mm. hard to make backwards compatible but i don't like cloud streaming i don't think that's ready yet and no yeah there I, there's just a lot of great games on the playstation 3 that i just yeah. don't want to play through streaming so mm. that that kind of ticks me off but the the tier with the playstation one two and PSP games. I'm. I'm. I am excited for. Uh, I was thinking about Star Ocean Second Evolution came mm. out on the PSP, and recently Star Ocean, the first game, got remastered for the PSP. Also, it, it got remade actually, and they recently released that for the consoles, but they mm. didn't release the second game, which is my favorite game. Yep, second story. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So if that game is available for console playing, I'm really excited for that. I think it's worth the price for me, honestly, because that's one of my favorite games of all mm -hmm. time. But there's a lot of great games in the PlayStation 1 library that I bought for the PlayStation 3 when you could buy PlayStation 1 games digitally. So I'm thinking of games like Vagrant Story, Parasite mm -hmm. Eve, yeah. uh, Final Fantasy. Well, I guess all the Final Fantasies are available digitally now, but there's a lot of like uh, Breath of Fire 4 I got digitally. That's an awesome um, game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> From Mission 3 was on there. Yeah. Uh, a lot of really great games. So I'm, I'm just hoping that they just took those files and they made them compatible for the PlayStation 5 or 4. And that those games are the ones that are available. And I, I'm not even thinking of PlayStation 2 games. There could be a lot of great stuff in there too. But Absolutely. I remember like the Xena saga, if you can, I mean, yeah, Xenosaga. that'd be great. That'd be yeah. awesome. But mm -hmm. I, we just don't know what's going to be in those libraries. Exactly. So I said there were two things that bugged me. The first thing was that the PlayStation 3 games are going to be cloud streaming, which I don't like. And the second thing is that this subscription system, first party games on release are not going to be available on this platform on the on the games that you can basically have uh, access to, which is different than 
the subscription model for Game Pass, Pass which right. on Xbox, when new games come out for for the Xbox, you just have day one access. And mm-hmm. that's brilliant. Uh, they did comment on this saying that like we, we still have to like make revenue to put out the content that you all like from our studios. Mm-hmm. So it hurt the bottom line in development costs, I think, something to that effect. But at the same time, I feel like Microsoft is really eating their costs also by doing their big releases day one on Game Pass. They're mm-hmm. they're just eating the cost and just hoping that this succeeds, which it has. So I don't know. I just feel like even though the number of games available on the collection for the new PlayStation Plus model exceeds the number of games available on game pass i still feel like game pass is kind of a little bit better of a value still just because of that day one access to new games i I can respect it i i i can respect your view on that i do see one of the perks of xbox having that is or game pass having that as being a benefit for having having a you know an xbox having game pass but i think the philosophy and i could be wrong about this but i believe the philosophy behind Phil Spencer and Xbox is that they don't, it's more or less, they don't care what platform you play on as long as you have Game Pass. Mm-hmm. So I think for them, I would imagine what that sentiment is that we we're almost like probably, you know, let's eat the cost of having these brand new games available so long as we can get these subscriptions and retain these subscriptions, we'll make more money in the long run. So, I mean, granted, the one part of the model I wish I understood, which I know is not necessarily me as customers should really know is that how do the studios benefit from this? How do like what yeah. perks the benefit what what perks do the studios get from being on Game Pass? I can see the value for indie develop indie developers for sure, because more than likely whatever if there's like a let's say you get X amount for just being a part of Game Pass, like upfront, it might pay it might pay for an indie's development game right away, right on right on the right on the dot, regardless of who's on Game Pass. So yeah, and they wouldn't know if their game like goes viral and if they could have made more money or not if they get a chunk of money just to be on game pass. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I just, we just don't, it'd be nice if we can get, you know, get that picture of what it's like to be a developer, you know, jump, you know, jumping onto game pass. It'd be really awesome to see that. Uh, I don't know. If we'll yeah, ever right. get, well, I don't know if we'll ever get a chance to see that, but from a customer standpoint, yes, I can see the, the value of having an Xbox or having any of the Xbox platforms. Hell, even if you have a PC game pass has an added value. And then if you're somebody who likes to be able to play games day one, without having to pay more than what you're paying for your subscription, there is absolute value there. The I would say the only advantage with going with PlayStation, if you know, premium, if you go with premium, is yes, that is that massive library. I don't think Game Pass has nearly as many games on it as uh, as PlayStation is going to, even at mm-hmm. even at the second tier of the PlayStation Premium or PlayStation Pass, whatever it's called. <laughs> so. <laughs> so it looks like um, with PlayStation Plus Extra, the games you get might be equivalent to the amount you get with Game Pass. Probably. Mm-hmm. With PlayStation Plus Premium, it exceeds what you get mm-hmm. in Game Pass. Uh, I think too another thing to look at too with when it comes to premium is that you know um, it really matters what games we're getting. What, you know, out of all those hundreds and hundreds of games we're getting, exactly. what games are going to be on there? Yeah, I, that's I a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to know what what the games right. are. It's like I know, like right now for me, um, you know, Game Pass has no doesn't really have any value to me, but that's just because. Most of the games that are available to play are games that are games. Well, I mean, I think the big deal is like, you know, if I want to play all the Gears game, all the Gears games are on there. All the Halo games are on there, which is freaking awesome, actually. Um, even though when it comes like the Halo games, I own majority of them already on disc, but still it's great that they're there. 
Um, but when I was looking at it, I didn't see a whole lot of games. That I was like, oh, sure. Yeah, I'll play that for sure. I want to play that. Like right now, game, game, uh, game, uh, game pass has no value to me. Whereas PlayStation Plus also has no value to me whatsoever either. <laughs> it's like so far, not, neither of these subscription services as the type of gamer that I am have, they don't have any value. So, so yeah, I guess I'll say this. PlayStation Plus, the, the free games that they've been doing monthly. Lately sucked. Yeah. yeah, they don't interest me or I already have them. Mm-hmm. And I haven't been excited about games that they've released on there for a long time. Mm-hmm. For Xbox, I, I've been mainly a PlayStation player for this whole time. The only Xbox system I owned was a, a, the original Xbox. So having Game Pass gave me access to a lot of games that I missed out on. So it was a great value for me. I can't say the same for somebody who has been on Xbox for longer than me. And mm-hmm. that's just my opinion. Like maybe sure. maybe I am a little bit down on the PlayStation model because maybe most of these games I will have already played. But the thing is that the PlayStation consoles haven't really been backwards compatible in the way that Xbox has been. So it's kind of giving me access to games that I want to play again. Mm-hmm but just haven't been able to, even if I still own them. Well, I think the only kind of shitty, <laughs> I, you could almost say the same though about Xbox. And here's my, here's my reasoning for it is that um, when 360 came out, you couldn't play Xbox on 360 game on 360 without downloading it digitally uh, from the, from the Microsoft store. When Xbox one came out, you couldn't play 360 games on it right away. Eventually you, eventually they made patches for you to be able to use 360 games on it because of the outcry from the community. So an argument could be made that none of the game systems have necessarily been friendly towards um, retro gamers in that regard. Well, at the same time, if they were able to make patches for people to be able to play those games, yeah, eventually PlayStation didn't do that, right? Yeah, Microsoft. Like I said Microsoft did make good on. You still couldn't play a majority of the li- majority of the library. Like, if, like to this day, I think even on. I, don't know, I could be wrong about this, but Game Pass probably even on Xbox, you probably well, maybe you might be able to now if you ha- if you own a disc, but you cannot play Eternal Sonata, which was one of the launch titles for the Xbox 360. Mm. I mean, you might, I mean, if you own a disc, you might be able to pop it into your Xbox Series X and probably play it if you own the disc, but you may not be, I don't know if you can on go on to the store and buy Eternal Sonata. Is that or, a good game? Um, I played very little of it. But I, <laughs> <laughs> so I played on a 360, but just a little bit. It has an interesting story um, because uh, your main character actually is, uh, happens to be um, Chopin. Who, is that the one where you go into his dreams and yes. convince him to live his no when he's dying or something? He's dying. Yeah, he's on his deathbed <laughs> while you're playing while you're playing this game. So you're in his dreams. You're like basically seeing like I'm guessing like flashes of memories and whatnot, but they're in as dream form. The cool thing about the game though too is it actually goes it actually um, goes through uh, the history of Chopin. It kind of gives you an idea, gives you a history lesson on who Chopin is. Just what I wanted. <laughs> I know. It's like <laughs> either way. All, all I'm trying to say is just it's like when uh when when I had my Xbox series when I had my Xbox oh, I still have my Xbox One, but um when I heard that they were making patches for Xbox 360 games, that was one of the first games I put into the uh, Xbox Series X or not Series X to the uh, Xbox One, and it did not work. Uh, it, yeah. So, but I you know I was able to put in games like um what was it like Fable Two and Fable Two worked, which was really cool. 
Uh, either way, yeah, yes, yeah. So Xbox didn't make good. Microsoft didn't make good, and they released they released these patches because there was enough people saying, "Hey, what the fuck? We hate you." Let's, they did it. So, <laughs> so and right and but yeah. Hey, yeah. we hate you. So <laughs> so here's do it. What you yeah. want you right leaves right. So I would say yes. Um, Microsoft has been. I would say uh, between the two, Microsoft <laughs> is more is more of a champion to we'll say retro gamers or people who want to play retro games. Because oddly enough, games on the X original Xbox and Xbox 360 or PlayStation, PlayStation 2, you want to play them, and or you have played them, or you do still play them, you're considered a retro gamer now. <laughs> just I know. So, um, you did want to talk about this, and I was just assuming that you yeah. didn't have a negative take on it. So, what is oh. your take on this overall? That- I think ultimately it's a great thing. That the only thing I would say is negative about it is that we don't know what the catalog is yet. That's it. Uh, I'm not sure if you can say that being negative. It's just more or less like, mm, cool. I'm glad that you're doing this because you're catering to retro gaming in this way. But we don't know what to expect. Because for all we know, it could be 700 of the worst possible games you want to play with the exception of the ones that PlayStation has made you know, hand over fist money on. So... I'm I'm very surprised because you hate everything and you thrive on misinformation. <laughs> I do thrive on misinformation, right? <laughs> right. So, right. do you think that you're going to subscribe to the um, the top tier? The it has plus premium. I, I won't until I know. I will not uh, until I know what the what the uh, catalog looks like. I'm stupid, and I think I will mm-hmm. subscribe to the PlayStation Plus Premium at the yearly rate because it's the cheapest value. Mm-hmm. but based on what i see and what's happening there i could just downgrade back down to the yeah standard but here's the cool thing you have that option of doing that too i think yeah. it's yeah so it's like right now game pass has what i think there's two different versions of game pass one where it's just game pass and one where it's game pass with gold i think something like that i just want to i just want to see what games are on there like the, yeah. the tier i'm most excited for is to see what playstation one and playstation two games are going to be on there the PlayStation 3 streaming thing really rubs me wrong. So I don't think I'll play yeah. any of those. Uh, yeah, and I actually feel bad for, you know, parts of the United States, part hell, parts of the world where streaming is just not an option, really, like where it's just, you can't do it. Plus it's like, like you know are I mean? there, what games are you hoping for on here? Because I'm going to start first and foremost saying like, even though it's a PlayStation 3 game, it's a game that's only on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Metal Gear Solid 4, I've really been wanting to play again because I yeah. really like that game, but I haven't played it in so long, probably since it came out. Right. Well, I would say for me, it would be what tales of games are going to be on there. Ah, trust. Yes. So, because it's one, yeah, that's a quintessential um, RPG franchise to play if you're an RPG fan. Um, I think games that would be really important to me to see too are going to be actually Xenogears. It has to be on there. Xenogears needs to be on there. Your birds are screaming. Did you say Xenogears? Yes, I did. Okay. Yeah, they're probably like, that's a crappy game. Don't don't listen to him. He doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I'm actually excited to see like if they put the Wild Arms games that sure. I never played on there. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that they include Breath of the Wild. Or not Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Sure, on an Nintendo <laughs> platform, that'd be badass. Breath of Fire. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, no, yeah, see, Breath Wild Arms, Fire. Breath of Fire, yeah. Breath of Wild Fire Arms, 3 Breath and 4. Fire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of any other, I'm trying to think of play. Honestly, I can't think of any PlayStation games because, um, oh, you know what, Drakengard? 
all the traction you, I'm sorry. I'm just, I feel like I was so stupid saying that. You know, I hope with this model, Breath of the Wild is finally available on right. the PlayStation. <laughs> uh, but Dragon Guard, though, the, 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 uh, the first Dragon Guard. The oh, trust. One yeah. through three. Three. One through three. Uh, three was the only one I played, and it was so violent yeah. and really interesting. Yeah. And that was on the PS3. You want to play yeah, that on yeah, the PS3? Yeah. yeah. So, but now when I think about it, there's not a whole lot. PS3 has uh, not a lot of games on it. Even though I, even the PS3 apparently was also like one of the best consoles to play RPGs on. There was an RPG, uh, strategy RPG on PlayStation 2 called Ring of Red. I've been trying to think of what this game was for like months. Yeah, and I finally that. figured it out. So I'm really hoping that Ring of Red comes to yeah uh, subscription service. I would yeah. I would die. <laughs> I guess really, I mean, for me, the the most the, the base the huge appeal of premium the premium uh, PlayStation game thing is <laughs> going to be what rpgs are going to be on there really for me is it what rpgs am i going to be able to play yeah yeah exactly and xenosaga uh Absolutely. i got I to play so. those xenosaga der will or <laughs> whatever right it's, it's a german word uh i think there were just three or four games three of them and, yep yeah yep yeah, yeah. i'd love to play all those finally yeah, so if you played, like, for instance, we played like you know what was it, uh, Zeno? Well, not Zeno. I'm gonna say Z- not Zeno Saga. What's the new Zeno? It's not Zeno Gear. Zeno Chronicles. There we go. Zeno Chronicles. If you play the second Zeno Chronicles, you can use Cosmos, who happens to be the, one of the main characters from the Zeno Saga games, as a summon. You can like. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. 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 Anyway. 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 Who? Anybody who's ever played Zeno Sagas, and I say it's Cosmos, you know who that is. The thumbs up <laughs> yeah i remember one of my friends had like a wall scroll of cosmos but i don't i wanted to play those games i just didn't mm-hmm. i mean i i i do have all three of them on the playstation but to be you know honestly if somebody asked me hey have you played all those you know games i'd say no i have not because i've only played like maybe 40 hours of the first game but never beat it yeah see this will alleviate the thing that uh a project that we've been working on is uh trying to find a playstation 2 because I've been looking through all my old stuff, all the stuff at my mom's house that I didn't mm. take over here. And mm. I spent a long time looking through all these boxes and I couldn't find my collection of PlayStation 2 games, which really upset me because I had a lot of PlayStation 2 games and now I don't know where they are. Oh, that sucks. So, I'm yeah, I'm just hoping for a lot of classics, a lot of good things that I remember. Mm. Uh, maybe things I forgot that are going to be on this collection. It says... Oh, easily, yeah. Let's see. I'm going to go back down here. It says 340 additional games. So I'm hoping that there's like a lot of a lot of good stuff in there. Vagrant mm-hmm. Story should be on there because I remember that was digitally available on the PlayStation 3. So mm-hmm. that's at least one thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. And apparently it is in the what was do I think you was it you who told me this that uh Vagrant Story does take play basically as a part of the Final Fantasy tactics like universe oh yeah it's part of uh i wish you think of the Ivalice. yeah thank yes. you yeah. Mm-hmm. it's part of the final fantasy tactics uh final fantasy 12 world mm-hmm. so a uh, vagrant story takes place in that same world which uh is amazing mm-hmm. absolutely <laughs> it doesn't yeah. i i don't think it really affects anything necessarily 
but yeah. uh, it does feel interesting that you're playing all these games in the same world. Mm-hmm. It, they do feel similar in style in the world that you're in. So mm-hmm. that is truly do. That's a cool thing if you're a nerd. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh yeah, and if you're a fan of Final Fantasy 14, and you've if you ever you know were wondering about some of this crazy artwork like the bunny ear characters like that, that's you know Final Fantasy 12. <laughs> so yes. that's Final Fantasy 12, Final Fantasy 9. So yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. Tactics Advance, yep. Sure. Story. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Uh, they all, yeah, they, they you know the games like impact each other, but they're all like set in the same like world, diff- different continents or different time periods. Yeah. So, okay. Overall, excited mm-hmm. for this change in June for the PlayStation Plus. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say excited is the word, but I would say it has piqued my interest though. Same. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I think this is a good. I would say still a good move on PlayStation because you've definitely had to. You need to have an answer to Game Pass, and this might be the answer to Game Pass. Oh, totally. This is totally yeah. their answer to Game Pass. It might not be the same. I think what they're doing to answer for not putting their first party games day one on PlayStation Plus, they're doing by putting an abundance of games <laughs> so yeah, we'll see a massive pet back catalog of games yeah we'll see yeah. maybe maybe there's going to be a lot of amazing really great games on there that'll make up for the fact that you still have to buy your new games on playstation let's see you know I, i'm I, I, personally i'm okay with that because i mean most of these for games that are coming out i already have an i already have an idea of knowing if i'm going to buy them or not whether <laughs> they're going to be flops or not but, yeah so like i you know i'm i'm very hesitant about what i recently saw for um for spoken i'm not really sure about that game right now you know <laughs> i agree with you <laughs> i can't wait to hear more about final fantasy 16 same so, yeah it's like i don't i'm not sure what else is supposed to be coming out in the future like i think 16 is the biggest one on my radar right now <laughs> oh, I was just thinking about that game yesterday. I was like, I can't wait to hear more about that. And maybe hopefully like a, a release window. Yeah. Right. Right. Probably won't be this year, but you know, it won't be next year. Maybe either. It might be 20, 2024. When we finally see it. <laughs> well, next on our list, let's keep it focused and move on before sure. we move on to like our updates to like our updates. How oh, I said that. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> Before we move on to our updates about media and uh, what we've been playing, listening to, watching, or absorbing into our mm-hmm. bodies, week by week, guys, we have a Spotify Cauldron Picks playlist. Oh. We give you songs <laughs> that we want you to fall in love with. And I forgot to tell you this, Josh, so I'll give you time to uh, pick I one. think I already have it. We're good, man. Okay, well, let's start with Fabrice, who is not here, but he is here in spirit. Uh, he is adding a song this week called The Last Thing He Said to Me in Person. Let me pull up who that artist is. Uh, it's Cecile Believe. Uh, so what Fabrice said about this song and why he picked it, um, he said, I chose this song simply because I love its angelic yet dark undertones. It has you go through a range of emotion when you listen to it. Somehow you feel sad, yet angry, happy, yet optimistic. It's really a beautiful song. We're going to provide you the link to our playlist to listen to all the all these songs that we've added. There's a big list going, and they're all fun. If you put this list on shuffle, you're going to have a really good night. Just like put it on to study, put it on to read, put it on to draw, put it on to play your games. Such good songs, and we're adding even more this week. Do you want to talk about the song you're adding this week, Josh? 
No, he doesn't. Okay. Well, I will no, go ahead and do your thing because I gotta, I, um, I gotta listen to the songs so I know I want to mention, but it's like, unfortunately, it's basically a song that I won't be able to give you guys like my backstories on other songs I've given you. <laughs> so, so you're like, saying you I, want me to share? Go my ahead. Yeah, do first? your thing. I'm gonna listen to it because I know there's one. There's only basically one reason why I like this. Oh, there's, I like the song for multiple reasons, but mostly there's one reason why I like it though. So I want to hear. <laughs> I want to listen to a song like I remember. So remember. this is my fault as a host. Not, not your fault at all. Providing it's, not, it's my fault for not thinking. It's my fault for not thinking about it to the last minute. <laughs> so it's <laughs> my fault as a host for not providing Josh ample uh, acknowledgement that we were going to do this. So I'm going to put my song up next. Uh, recently, I decided to listen to a lot of Bjork again. I've been obsessed with Bjork since I was young, and uh, I just recently gave her her three last albums a listen personal opinions hot takes right now biophilia i did not like and then the other two uh perfection great albums but the album i wanted to, or the album the the song i wanted to share with you guys was actually hunter from her homogenic album again this is by bjork this was the first song i ever heard by bjork and the reason i heard it was that it was on the x-files movie soundtrack and my mom she was so obsessed with the x-files we would watch it every sunday night uh, me and my parents, we were so excited when the movie came out. We watched it on opening night. Uh, we bought both the original score and the soundtrack. And when we, when we were listening to the soundtrack, I this song really stood out to me. And I was like, who is this? This is like a really dark electronic song full of eerie yet beautiful strings that go operatic and dramatic and crazy. And the lyrics are just incredible. And this was my first exposure to Bjork that really forced me to go in a deep dive into all her music. And now I'm ever since that song, I've been a big, big fan. So I wanted to share with you all the song that really got me into Bjork. And hopefully if you all like it, then you'll do a deep dive on her too. And just enjoy the incredible variety of music that she has done. Cause she never keeps it the same. She loves changing it up. And uh, Hunter by Bjork is my song this week. That's awesome. Uh, I can't say that I've listened to a whole lot of Bjork. I'd have to give it more of a try because I think every time I've tried, maybe it's not been the best time I like to listen to Bjork. So she's weird. Try again. Yeah. She has a lot of weird stuff and she has a lot of stuff I don't like. So okay. <laughs> it could be so, possible you listen to the stuff that's not good, but it's possible. Uh, yeah, I'll have to give it a try. I'll have to give yours a try because um, I have, I, I've also heard no matter what, ever since my adolescence, that Bjork is awesome. I will say if anybody listens to Hunter by Bjork and doesn't like it, you're probably not going to like any of her other stuff. So just like, that's fair. Just, just make peace with not liking her, but this is the song that got me into her. So just give it a shot. I'll give it a shot for sure. My friend. Yeah. All right. So here we go. So I actually believe it or not, I guess I do have a backstory like I normally do with most of the songs I pick, even though my backstories may not match with the song is at all. I love it though. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so I'm picking my, my pick is a song called 1995 by Emmett. Finn, Finn spelled with two N's or Fen, Finn, Finn. Yeah. Emmett Finn. <laughs> Let me know when you have it up. Uh, anyway, there's one line in it that um, he, it's, uh, he says, I must be dreaming. It's part of the chorus actually. And the way I interpret the song is based off my own dreams that I have. If uh, there was a, if there was a job title of, um, you know, is it dream technician or dream mancer or something to that effect where 
people where my dreams are downloaded and then people could buy my dreams to experience them themselves, I'd probably be a great candidate for it. Um, I have zany dreams that are way out there almost every night that I go to sleep. And it's a wild ride for me to go to sleep. Like, basically, I look forward to being awake just as much as I look forward to being asleep because I think I get to see when I'm sleeping. God damn, your birds are like going nuts. Oh, it's it's been interesting. Like last okay, so segue real quick the birds. Um last night or day, I you know fell asleep at 2 30 in the afternoon, anticipating just taking a nap a couple of hours. No, I didn't wake up until about 10 o'clock this this morning. So the birds normally I cover the birds' cage up, but last night the the cup the cage should be covered because I was asleep the entire time. And it's almost like uh, usually um, their chatter would, even if I'm trying to take a nap, I, it's almost impossible because they wake me up. It's almost, and apparently uh, what my best friend told me was he didn't hear the birds at all, like almost at all yesterday, which tells me that when I was sleeping, they weren't chattering very much. <laughs> even though mm-hmm. I was somehow I slept through a smoke alarm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're alive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, but that's the birds. I don't know. It seems like they're making up for it. Uh, I, I've actually been uh, t- today. I have been contending with the birds even prior to recording. Like I had to put my controller down when I was playing today because I had to go talk to the birds because they were being stupidly obnoxious, not because of their chattering, because they were doing other shit. That I was like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> anyway, well, I've got Emmett Finn's uh, 1995 added to our cultured music. Awesome. Picks. So this song, though, yeah, one line, uh, part of the chorus, I must be dreaming and when I listened to this song, it just kind of reminded me of the vivid dreams that I have on a nightly basis. Uh, so much so that if I'm not cognizant, we, yeah, cognizant while you're sleeping, right? Anyway, if I'm not cognizant to the fact that what I'm dreaming is not true, um, it's possible. He probably has before where you guys will, you'll go to sleep, have a dream, wake up and, you know, assume that you have to go to school right now. In reality, it happens to be a Saturday or or whatever you you're stressing about a project that you had to do, or this can be just, you know, you're not in school, you're doing work now and you're doing projects at work. Just have these crazy dreams that make you think something's other, something happened a certain way, but in reality, it did not happen. Like those times when you wake up and you're like, did, was that real life? Yeah. Was that, that really happened? Absolutely. Yeah, I love those kind of dreams. It's yeah. so interesting. And I see, I have those dreams on like a nightly basis. So it's, it's nuts. I had to learn, I had to like, I basically learned how to lucid dream. It's nuts. It's great to have control of the dreams, but it's also really awesome to let some of those dreams kind of just take a life of its own. Anyway, Mm -hmm. if I could be, if it was possible for people to download my dreams and experience them, I would be one of the first people to say, yeah, let's do it. Like use my, go ahead. You want to experience the dreams that I have because you smoke a lot of pot. (laughs) Do you smoke pot? Mm-mm. No, I don't. Okay, I, th- I no, didn't I don't. think you did, but I, no. <laughs> I thought I would ask. No, one of the crazy things about one of the crazy things about marijuana is that uh, THC uh, does block. Um, it does maybe basically when if you smoke a lot of marijuana, dreaming you don't really you don't you'll still dream, but you don't remember those dreams very well. That's right. And what does this have to do with your song? So it's a line. You haven't been listening, my friend. <laughs> From one line, the part of the core is called I Must Be Dreaming. No, I'm just trying to focus you, man. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you and the birds are like, what, what's, I can't even hear what Frankie is saying, but it's nuts. 
<laughs> like hey 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 over here yeah. Hey, oh, hey. yeah i think you would like i think if you ever played ocarina of time think of my birds like navi saying hey 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 sure, listen listen <laughs> <laughs> all right our cauldron music picks uh link is going to be in the description of this episode so check those out yeah we've got mm-hmm. all three of those songs and plenty more for you to listen to mm-hmm. Um, I know we're going to talk about Elden Ring, so let's save that for the end. (laughs) I have maybe three games I can update you on. They're real quick because obviously I've been spending my time with another game, the one we're going to be talking about. Do you want me to just run through them real quick and then I can tell you about what you've been... Okay. Uh, The the one I'll start with is the maybe the most recent one we got into was uh, Mario Kart 8. We recently did spend... The money to get all the new tracks so we played oh, cool. four new tracks that are available right now amazing really good tracks uh, loved all four of them uh especially the tokyo and the paris one uh Fabrice Fe- Fe- and i both agree that the paris racetrack is uh, amazing really really great so we're really excited to see what they're going to do i think there's going to be like 48 more tracks and we only got four of them right now but we're we're ready really really fun uh, I've also been playing Gran Turismo 7. Um, I'm, I, I've always been a big fan of the Gran Turismo series, and I was really big into uh, Forza Horizon 5. So I wanted to see what the difference would be. The difference is that uh, it's not open world. You're more playing like curated, uh, beautiful tracks around the world. So you're not like stuck in Mexico, even though there was a great variety in Forza Horizon 5. Uh, Gran Turismo... I feel like it's it doesn't really feel like a variety just because it's more grounded in reality, but it is a beautiful game and you've got a lot of great cars going still and it's really fun to play. It definitely plays different than Forza. Uh, I'd say Forza is more for what you're going for if you want to just like drive fast and play an arcadey game. Gran Turismo is what you want to play if you want like a grounded racing simulation, real life type of game. Uh, mm-hmm. I love both. I can't say I prefer one or the other. They're both great for different reasons. They're different from each other. And uh, I love that. I love that they're not like trying to be the same thing. So uh, play whichever one you want. Gran Turismo 7 is great. I know there's been a lot of, a lot of controversy about their pricing system lately, but I... So I've I, heard. Yeah. I've just been enjoying it and I haven't had a problem with it. I've not, I'm not spending money on it and I'm still having a good time. So you do you, boo-boo. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last game that I've been playing was Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. I was really excited for this because I got into Borderlands 3 hardcore. And so I started Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. I could say the first thing I love about this game is that you don't have to pick between four character archetypes. You pick between several, I want to say like seven or eight, but then oh, you wow. customize your own character. And so I was really happy about that. I love the character customization. I felt like I was playing Dragon Age all over again, making mm. my own character, making him look how just how I wanted. Fabrice came in the room and he's like, he looks just like you. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Because nice. <laughs> I thought okay. I made a very handsome character. That's awesome. Okay. <laughs> but I made like a blood, I, I forget what the class was called, but it's like a blood mage sort of thing. Um, and apparently if you play the game, you can upgrade to having a second class involved with what you're doing. So I uh, I enjoyed it a lot. I love that you have a lot more focus on what you can equip in melee. 
you have magic instead of grenades and you're still using guns, but it just feels like more Borderlands, which is great by me. It just feels a little bit more polished and a lot more fun with all the extra things you can customize. And that's all I wanted was like more customization. And you got that in this game. So I'm really excited to play more of that, but I could not tear myself away from Elden Ring. I played a few hours of Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. I was really enjoying it. And I was like, but man, Elden Ring. So, <laughs> so I went back to Elden Ring. What what have what else have you been into, Josh? So yeah, I mean, it's still like uh, mostly my my uh, gaming uh, experience between last time you guys heard us and now is that yes, it's been basically Elden Ring up and down, like everywhere all the time in my dreams and my thoughts. Yes, everywhere. It's stupid. Um, <laughs> beat I did I did uh, beat the main campaign. Always got one of the endings. I uh, don't know if I fought all the bosses. Actually, no, I know I didn't fight all the bosses. I know I fought most of them. There's like 80 bosses in that game. <laughs> I think I've, I know I fought a bunch of them, but even when I, I did play, make a second uh, character, I actually decided to go and play a mage. Figured I should try and play all of the different main archetypes in the uh, in Elden Ring, which is, you know, you're, you get your melee, your melee person, or at least strength-based, um intelligence intelligence based and then the third one is dexterity right that's actually pretty much how it all is that's like all the souls games pretty much those are the three like main archetypes my first playthrough was um strength basically well strength and faith um my second playthrough is with a mage intellect um and i can say this as far as my second playthrough is concerned i told myself that um as soon as i get to, when i as soon as i get to limgrave and uh, there's that tree sentinel outside of the main area you start off. Um, Vare, Vare is there. He tells you, welcome, welcome to uh, the lands between. Um, talk to me as much as you want, but don't talk to me again until you talk to the, uh, find out about the whole will of the two fingers. Anyway. <laughs> we should, uh, before we keep going into Elden Ring, let's give a minor spoiler warning to those oh. who maybe haven't gotten to beaten the game or gotten that far we're gonna mm-hmm. talk about all of our experiences because i want to talk about a few things that are maybe a little late game um i haven't beaten the game obviously you have but there there's some things that like oh god i love this game <laughs> but go okay. on I, go okay on. anyway so as soon as i got the limb grave i decided that okay you know what i gotta try and beat the tree sentinel so it's the very first boss you can fight outside of the uh scion which you get can you know get your ass from the very first part of the game where you start in the church <laughs> you go out and you're like there's this guy with a bunch of arms and a shield and a sword and he like kills you in two shots anyway the next boss you can fight is the tree sentinel he's an open you can run past him if you want to anyway um i told myself i'm not gonna go further further until i beat the tree sentinel so about i think it was like eight or ten tries later i beat i beat the tree sentinel as a level six mage and um then as soon as that happened, it, I just realized something about the game. And up to even up to yesterday is that playing as a mage is easy. Like it makes the game way easier. It's kind of nuts. So just to let you guys know. Yeah, playing mage. Yeah, it's easy. It's like the it's some it's like, parts. I was reading strategies for some bosses where they were like, okay, if you're a mage, this boss is gonna screw you over. Like, it feels like there's some places where mages are screwed over and some places where me as a melee build are screwed over. I can kind of agree with you. Like, so I would say this, that I think the most challenging boss I fought, I wanna say, 
um, was a, uh, I died multiple times too, was one of the Evergoal arenas where on the outside world you can, you can go to like a yeah um, yeah and it, that was a um but that was a late game during uh later late a late ronnie uh ronnie questline place you can only get to by doing ronnie's questline um oh it's a, are you talking about the one i think the assassin stuck on him yep. yeah the assa- yep that's I'm one that stuck I, on him i haven't beaten him yeah yet. <laughs> so it's funny yeah when i played when i played my main character i one-shotted it on my main character but when i um or one attempt it uh, but when I played on my mage character, I, it took me six tries before I was able to beat it. As a I'm mage. a melee build, and I still haven't beaten him. I, I keep dying there. <laughs> and then, and then, like, there's like three dragons in that area for some reason. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, it was easier for me to fight. The, <laughs> it was easier for me to fight the dragons as a mage than it was as a melee person. So, which is one of those. It's, yeah, so I would say this. Like, um, what's here? Uh, when I fought Renala. Um, it, I t- oh, I did want to talk about Renala. Renala is one of my favorite battles I've done in this game. <laughs> oh, that was such a cool boss battle. Well, it took me two. I it took me true. Uh, my second try, I beat her. Um, Same. Reason, um, reason why, reason why I had to beat on my second one was because for me as a mage, the hard part was actually the very first phase where you have to destroy all the little minions that are glowing yellow, and yeah. then uh, and then you 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 her. I was having trouble walking on. To the right one and shooting with my magic so i got screwed over i got screwed over during that phase and then um and then i got to the second phase and got steamrolled basically i mean it's the part where she starts summoning freaking spirits that's what killed me um, that's what i heard about that that boss battle i heard is really hard for mage or magic users um for me i, I died on the first part just because i was learning her strategy i got to her second phase and i, I just didn't know what she was doing so i died but i beat her on the second try but I love that boss battle. I thought it was like it's so different than any boss battle you do in the rest of the game. It does like call back to types of boss battles you do in the other Soulsborne games, sure. but it was just really beautiful in this one. I really liked uh, that whole fight. I thought it was gorgeous in the second phase, like that she's just like on this lake with the moon in the background that's yeah, so that's cool, cool. Yeah. and all of her attacks are gorgeous it was really great mm-hmm. and the music being just gorgeous the whole time and then mm-hmm. when you beat it she's just there like okay well if you want to like redo your attributes like come to me with the night and <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's like okay yeah um the second boss that gave me uh second main boss where i wasn't able to beat it my first attempt uh was radon um mm-hmm. Rid- I'm wearing Radon's armor, the full set. Yeah, Radon's <laughs> awesome. But uh, the reason why I died to Radon was like, totally forgot during the second phase. When you get him down to 50% health, he just disappears and then comes down as a big ass comet to the ground. I got one shotted by that. <laughs> I got one shotted. Yeah, my, so my second attempt, <laughs> I was able to beat it. That happened to me my first time I played it too when I was uh, my main character, my first character. Totally. Same thing killed me my first time <laughs> fighting him. <laughs> so yeah that fight's um, really interesting that mm-hmm. that one's like really different from the rest of the game too because you can summon people in but also you start off really far away from him yeah. and he's just shooting these like really powerful attacks at you yeah it's it's yeah it's a uh, they actually they also nerf for dawn too dawn is easier to fight right now just and i just let you know so if you guys are playing radon after uh, after the patch but you didn't fight him before they nerfed him radon used to be a lot harder i was gonna say what i did today actually right before recording is i beat morgot but it was the first time i summoned people into my world because i was having such a hard time with it and i thought i haven't ever summoned anybody in 
And I think mm-hmm. you get invaded more if you summon people in. So I kind yeah. of want to start experiencing that because I'm at a high enough level where I kind of feel confident enough about that. So I was like, okay, well, let's just like get this over with. And I summoned two people into my world and it was so much fun. Like mm. when I played Bloodborne, I was, and, and Dark Souls 3 also, I was like constantly like, please, somebody help me with this boss. It's so hard. Like <laughs> you should, uh, if somebody want help, man, you should hit me up. I'll help you. It's, it's really fun though. It's really fun mm-hmm. to have like people come and help you. And, and when I had these guys come help me and we killed him with no problem, even though I was having such a problem beating him by myself, I, I used that item that goes, thank you. And they like jumped up and down in place and it was so funny and it just made me feel really good. And it's like, okay, I think I want to start like placing my icon around places where there were bosses so I can help mm-hmm. other people. Cause it was mm-hmm. so fun and it felt really great. Um, just for reference, I did t- take a picture before I quit today of where I am and my level and my time. So just, just so we could say where I'm at because you've obviously beaten the game and started a new one. Uh, for me, I haven't beaten the game yet, but I'm at level 111, 111, and I'm at 92 hours. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I might have twice that amount of time in the game already. Yeah, I think you, you, <laughs> you, <laughs> you played the game triple that I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys ready? You guys ready? I sent, I sent this text to Frankie a couple days ago um or a few days ago saying it shows on the left hand side it shows what level my character is and on the right hand side it shows the amount of time i played as each character so on my main character i beat the game at 175 hours and 30 minutes and i I, and my and my level was 214 oh my god now my second character i played more than that since then but uh when i took this picture my main character my second character is uh 159 and at, that was at 50, 51 hours. So that brings a total play time of 226 hours, 36 minutes and 15 seconds. 159 at like that low of hours. Jesus Christ, dude. Of yeah, course, yeah. you do know the game now when you're on new game. Oh, post, yeah, so absolutely. Like, I know I know where to find, I know where to farm for souls. I know or for um for runes. Runes. I, <laughs> runes yep. I know where to. Oh, yeah. Actually, another thing too is like, yeah, because um. Because of playing a mad playing a mage too, I I rarely I rarely die. I don't die very often, so I'm. I I'm do want to try a mage, but like I'm just like, I'm just kind of keeping to where I'm, um, comfortable at, I guess. Sure. But like my strength is super high. My strength and my endurance are really high. I put my endurance really high just because I wanted to equip the best armor and still be able to roll around without the fat roll. Mm-hmm. So I can move fast, but I'm wearing really great armor and my strength is really high. And then otherwise my health is like, okay. And then everything else has suffered. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, I'm trying to think, I know I'm like on my mage, for instance, I know that my intellect is at 80. I believe my vigor or health strength, what is it? Vigor, I think it's called vigor, which is your health. That's at 50. My endurance is at... 30 i believe um my mind is at 40 i think that's uh i think that's like all my notable stats from playing as a mage i keep thinking like i should okay so here's some things that i think i'm not playing the game right with oh my mind is really low it's like at a 15 okay. so when i summon like uh those those ghosts to come 
uh, fight in the battle with me, my mm-hmm. my FP is immediately gone. Sure, I don't have any FP flasks in my inventory. They're all uh, health flasks. For health, okay. Because I don't, I'm not a magic user, so I don't care about it. But like, I that's the other thing. As I never use my Ashes of War, I have never really used them ever. And yeah, I'm using a sword that you can't change the Ashes of War anyway. Uh-huh. So and it's really high powered, like it's it's plus nine, I think. Okay. But you can't change the ashes of war on it, so I haven't experimented with ashes uh-huh. of war at all either. So I think those are the two things: is like mm. my my mind is low, and I I don't experiment with ashes of war. Okay. Well, <laughs> I would say to this is that you know you crazy thing about all the souls soulsborne games is you can play them however you want, so no one can tell you that you're playing it wrong. And if they are, they can go fuck themselves. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm dead. Like I am so dead serious. Like um, to all you now, if you guys want to pick me as an enemy, fine, go ahead. But to all you elitist souls players out there, if you tell people that if they didn't fight a boss a certain way, and and then you say that because they didn't play, fight it a certain way, like i.e. They didn't, they didn't, they summoned, they shouldn't have summoned, or they used a, a broken skill in the game, but they beat the boss. And you say they didn't beat the boss. You can go fuck yourself because you, anybody, it doesn't matter if you play a souls game and you beat it and it doesn't matter how you beat it. If you beat it good for you, because you know what, these games are not easy for a lot of people who no. play these games. So if, it's, if you beat it and you beat it a certain way, good on you for figuring out how to beat it. Because you know what that's called? If you are able to find a way to punish an enemy because they did a left and a right attack and all of a sudden they pause for five seconds and you decide to do damage to them at that point, guess what that's called? That's called strategy, not cheesing the game. <laughs> I feel like a lot of, of what I've heard is that a lot of these get good people have been shaming mages or magic mm-hmm. builds. But yeah. uh, every time I see a magic build working out, it's like they're doing such incredible shit. They're yeah. Like, the magic in this game is really cool. And so if you can master that, that seems like it'd be a really fun yeah. class to do. So to that, to, and to actually to, to, to that part where people, at least people are saying that magic is broken or it's playing magic is, you know, basically you're, you know, you're playing easy mode in the game. Yeah, I agree. I'm somebody who is a Souls veteran and I would agree. Magic, it makes the game a lot easier. If you know what you're doing, it's a lot easier. I didn't know that. It makes it easier. <laughs> Well, I would say, oh, no, it makes it easy. Well, just because, like, well, how I would explain is that, like, I can go into, like, let's say a dungeon. I can go through a whole dungeon as a mage and not have any enemies hit me because I'm killing them before they can get a chance to get to me. And so, and if I'm able to go through a whole dungeon and then beat the boss, too, and then get out of it without having once having to die and pick up my souls. But if I go back on my previous playthrough, knowing that I died, like, five times in that dungeon, I died, like, five times on the boss. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that means that means it's easier. I would agree it's easier, but here's the thing, it's nuts. When those people who are saying that, okay, if you play the game as a magic user, you you're not playing it right, they're talking about one particular spell, and that spell is called Azure Comet. Azure Comet is it basically what's let you do is it's a continuous stream of, of, of magic, and it doesn't stop until your mana runs out or you take your finger off the button. It does a lot of damage. Now, there's also um, a, a, that the physics flask. I forget what the abilities, what one of the abilities is called, but you put that in there. It makes it so for like a, set, a certain period of time, you don't use any FP at all while you're casting. So you can imagine how overpowered that is, right? Anyway, um, here's the yeah, thing I about that. I see that there was one of the, you could put um, something on your flask, yeah. your, your extra flask that would make it so you're not spending FP also. Yeah. That's the that's what I was talking about. Yeah. 
So you do you if you put that on, you use Azure, Azure Comet, you are basically just Kame Kame Hying for like 20 seconds. <laughs> Nothing can stop you. I guess it's just like uh for me, because Bloodborne, I don't know if there's magic builds in that. It doesn't it doesn't feel like that game's really built for that. Um Dark Souls 3 is obviously built for that, but I I just kind of went with uh, the melee build, and that's kind of where my comfort zone was was with with Elden Ring. And I feel like for me, mm-hmm. if I had chosen to be a magic build and a mage, like I just did, I feel like it would be overwhelming with all the stuff that's in there. Like I don't, oh. I feel like it'd be so confusing, and I wouldn't know what I'm doing, which is why I don't do it. No, you- actually, crazy thing is, I would say no. Like as a as a mage even i felt, felt the same thing but when i actually like started looking more at the spells and stuff like that i already kind of had an idea of oh i know what i'm going to use already i know what, what's what's what you know what's uh you know most economic to use you can figure stuff. it out as you're playing yeah I, was, I would look at the um spells that i was sort of was getting as my first playthrough and look at how much um how much um fp it consumed whenever i use my spell um what the you know if i had an idea of what how, how long it would take for me to charge and cast the spells and whatnot from seeing other people's videos, realize I already know what spells I want to use. Now to go back into like the whole Azure Comet thing, Azure Comet, yes, overpowered, but here's when Azure Comet's no longer powerful. If the boss moves, if the boss moves, they're no longer getting hit by the ability. So, and not all bosses lets you use that ability, like just stand there and eat it. Some of the bosses will get out of the way. So um, to you, to you veteran players who are saying that magic, magic is cheating in this game. Um, why don't you try playing magic and you go ahead and get these overpowered spells and see how well they work out for you when they are, you know, one direction <laughs> you shoot and the monster moves and all of a sudden you're vulnerable. Plus if you, it also has like a three second, like, you know, three second, like uh charge time. So for three seconds, your character is vulnerable. If the, if the monster charges you and hits you, it interrupts your casting. You can't cast it anymore. So you can't use Azure Comet. No, you no longer are able to use Azure Comet in that fight. Because I was going to say for all the listeners out there, Josh was wagging his finger in the camera, <laughs> being like, "Hey, y'all!" Oh, you. yeah. Like, I mean, I would. You know, here's the funny thing: like, the person I, I know who probably destroy me in a conversation would be Storm. <laughs> Storm would probably be like, "You don't know what you're talking about." I'm like, yeah, you're right, Storm. But you know what? Yeah, he's probably mastered it already. <laughs> yeah. Right. Anyway, uh, but still, I, I just kind of feel like you know, think about it. Like, there as a mage. You can't just have one or two spells on your cast bar. You need to have like three or four because basically like even me, I have like five spells I use for different situations. I have one that's a direct kill, you know, kill all the regular enemies. I have one that's kill stronger enemies or use it on a boss mobile. I have one ability that shoots a thing from behind him, like against like shield enemies. Like I have spells, I have, I have spells for different, re- for different uses. Azure Comet is on my, uh, is on my, uh, you know, bar, skill bar. But I only use Azure Comet. First off, I'll try to use it at the beginning of a fight. And if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, that means I have to use something else. Uh, see, for me, like I said, my build, it doesn't have a lot to talk about as far as abilities. <laughs> like, I just know how to slash and dodge. Right. And well, I, don't I, really literally, I literally went on a huge segue there. Now, Frankie, you can play however you want, but I can say, yeah, I would say you are hurting your, you are hurting your, 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 your gameplay purely because you're not using because who knows what that ash of war on that ability weapon can do oh um, no i've used it once in a while so i'm okay. using the curved it's it's what you get from one of the uh Evergals. using ev- the ev- are you using um the, are you using the uh what is it called the hound it's like it? the curved beast blade i think is what it's called okay 
but it's it's the only weapon i've really liked playing with like i've i've upgraded a few other weapons and tried them as far as like great swords Mm -hmm. because i really wanted like a i was trying okay so this is a journey (laughs) so i started with katanas i was thinking like when i started the game i was like okay i want a high dexterity build i want to use quick weapons that Mm -hmm. are strong but i want to be really quick and then I got this weapon and I was like, okay, maybe I changed my mind. Maybe I want a great sword, but I could still hold the shield. And then I got this really awesome great sword. I, I think you know which one it was. It, it looks like it's made of a bunch of swords. I forget what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Really powerful. Mm-hmm. So I upgraded that a lot. So to the point where it was more powerful than the weapon I have now. Mm-hmm. But it was a different type of weapon. So it played a lot different. And I didn't like it. And um, I had tried another, I had tried the other quick weapons too. And it just wasn't vibing for me because I didn't like how weak they were. So for me, the the curved greatsword is really great because it it's good crowd control, but it's really strong and it's not slow. It's slow, but it's not like too slow, mm-hmm. but it, 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 it's crowd control. So it like does everything I want. And then it's uh, Ashes of War, which I can't change is something where you do a backflip backwards yep. Yep. and then you can teleport forward and do a slash. Um, mm-hmm. So I do it once in a while. Like the, go ahead. But has it like, it's like, it's like the, it's, it's like the bloodhound or something hound great sword or curve sword. Yeah. And there's not, uh, I, I only have three other curve swords and they, they're not as good as this one. <laughs> and I really wanted like a great sword, but like, I don't like the other great swords and I just love how this, blade plays so that's why i upgraded it as much as i have and it's really really powerful now and it's what i've been playing the majority of the game with but i have been experimenting with other things i actually even experimented with like using a dagger in my hand instead of a shield but i get too scared because i'm always cautious in the game that i need a shield so Mm -hmm. i really need to have a shield to be like okay i don't know what's around the corner but i'm just gonna hold my shield up like I even sometimes I get scared riding my horse around because I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. What if like mm. a giant shows up, which it does happen sometimes like this game, you never know what's going to happen. So Absolutely. I play very cautiously, but I yeah, I'm just stuck with this weapon. Yeah, you're using the bloodhounds <laughs> fang. You're using the bloodhound fang. Bloodhounds yeah, fang. Yeah, sounds, it's, yeah. Yeah. And the ability is like bloodhound quick step or something like that. Yeah, it's <laughs> one of the most um, one of the best arts in the game, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. One of one of many because it has a. Not only does it have an ability, a part of it lets you evade attacks, but you're also able to. You teleport um, back forward. With yeah, you teleport. Yeah, you teleport. Forward. You're able to, but you're also able to. It also lets you end with like a, a heavy attack or something like that as well mm-hmm. part, as part of the combo. It's really strong. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Bloodhound. Bloodhound's quick step. <laughs> I think it was called. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No. It's so. I mean, otherwise, like, you can have a low. Um, low mind skill mind um you know skill points it's not bad at all you know your 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 place your play style is just more reliant on basically I, I would call just you know traditional hack and slash or traditional dark souls hack and slash yeah so it's more like raw like figuring out the bosses and what they're mm-hmm. doing and just having to adapt to that as opposed to yeah. like having all these tools in my tool belt and being able mm-hmm. to <laughs> really actually cool you know, people when I say hack and slash in, in regards to Souls games, don't don't confuse that with actual hack and slash games where you can just basically button mash and get through a level. You can't do that with um, the Souls games. No, no you can't do like that. I said, that, yeah. that 
you you would think what I just said, like my weapon, I could just like go in there and like kill everybody real quick and easy. I'm very cautious all the time. Yeah, like, just no. Constantly. You just have to figure everybody out. And like mm-hmm. the game is really good at giving you a yeah. lot of curveballs. Um, if anything, the last thing I want to mention before we close out the episode, because yeah. I haven't beat it yet. And I would sure. love if we talked about it one more time with like more story and plot. Theory, Absolutely. But, uh, one of the most frustrating parts of the game I just got through was the Lake of Rot, which was... Oh, yeah, I recently, <laughs> I, yeah, I recently got to that myself, actually. Yeah, as the mage, it was yeah, it was not. It was a better I, experience than my first time doing it, but it's a little bitch. <laughs> oh, my God. I changed my whole armor to look like some stupid mushroom piece of mushroom. Yeah. Yep, yep. And I put all my talismans on that were, like, <laughs> in boosting my immunity. That place sucks it sucks yeah. so bad i i i hated that place but it was interesting that there was a place like that in the game in the first place plus it looks like something you would never expect it looks like you're in a volcano but it's made of like bubblegum lava yes yeah, that's a good way to explain it. <laughs> blood bubblegum lava yeah yeah it, mm-hmm. it, but it's like the most deadly place you could ever be in the whole entire game <laughs> one of them yep but you haven't fought one of the most challenging bosses in the game yet though yeah yeah, I'm looking, I'm trying to look at things that I haven't done yet. I keep looking up, uh, I look at the map and I see what looks like something that I should go to that I haven't gone to yet. Sure. Or I look up things online like uh, Melania, I think. Melan- is Melan- Melania. That everybody's talking about. And I've seen I love tons her. of pictures sure. of her, but I have yeah. no idea where that is. So I'm yeah. trying to figure that out. I won't spoil that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about it uh, okay. <laughs> the next time. Hopefully I've beaten the game by then. Okay. Uh, like as like I said, I'm I'm pretty far, but like I'm nowhere near. Have found everything. Um, I would like to play as a magic user again. Like mm-hmm. I, I would love to play the game all over again. But like, uh, there's other games to get to. I really want to get to Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Sure, but, no, I don't blame you. I mean, we we talked about this last time. We talked about the game. Is this is our game of the year so far, and that hasn't changed for me. It's. No it's one of my favorite games of all time honestly it's Mm -hmm. it's the best from software game for me personally just because of how much fun i'm having with it and how much i want to play it and how much i think about it sure it's just like uh bloodborne i love bloodborne i love but that game is like you're just on one set path pretty much you do you can delineate once in a while but not like you can in elden ring and Mm -hmm. uh Kind of same with Dark Souls three, but I do want to go back to those games. I want to go back to Sekiro. I, I do oh, want to experience. Yeah, once one of the things that's nuts about Elden Ring is that actually, as a matter of fact, um, I did stop playing Elden Ring recently, like literally yesterday. It's like I'm time for me to try something else because I'm like obsessed with this game. Um, but though, my whole plan is is with Souls games is to always play a Souls games then play a non-Souls game, then play another <laughs> Souls game. Because it's just, Souls games take a lot out of you. It doesn't matter how good you are at them. Like, they take a oh lot my out God, of you. for real, yeah. for real. So, because, um, but I, I think you were you told me about a podcast you're listening to. And, you know, I think you said that, that this podcast said that if they, they feel like FromSoft made these Souls games for people who know how to play video games. Yeah. And I had to agree with that sentiment. I do not. I'm not saying you guys who aren't talented to play video games, you can totally get through a Dark Souls game. 
Um, but it does feel like for people, for those of us who are either have some talent in video games or just love video games so much that when you play these games, you realize just how much this game has been made for you to play it. Like it was, it's like, it seems like it was tailored for you to play the game. And I think that's true. For real. Like even Elden Ring has like some things like that for um, veteran players. I feel like when you, when you see like a little ledge where you're like, can I jump on that? And then you jump mm-hmm. on it and then you look down and there's like a, the tiny sliver of a ledge that you could probably jump down to mm. and you jump on it and you land and then there's suddenly a new place to go to. That's the kind of thing where I feel like this is made for people who have played video games before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's always like, it's always like in looking crannies, like looking, looking at crannies, like looking crannies, trying to find things. Hell, I'm going to give one example of today, me playing a new, a game that I, I don't, I got a long, a while ago called aliens fire team. I was um, going through a level with the two other people, but I was like looking in all the nooks and crannies, trying to find Intel and hidden catches. There's one, there's one hidden catch in every level, maybe one or two pieces of Intel in every level. And one guy yelled at me and said, hell, Elcyon, what the hell are you doing? Why aren't you over here? And I told them, I turned on my microphone and said, Hey guys, so, you know, if you don't look in all the nooks and crannies in these levels, you're going to miss out on Intel and you're going to miss out on hidden catches. Just an FYI. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> And were they like, fuck you? No, they didn't say anything. <laughs> and then uh, later in that same level, a guy, this guy who said who said this to me ran off away because the other guy picked up on it. It's like, okay, cool. I'll look around with you, right? The other guy just ran off and he died. And the guy was like, <laughs> where the hell are you guys? I told him, dude, you overextended. We're on our way. <laughs> uh, well, let's leave it at that. Oh, yeah. Honestly. Let's try to figure out how to play Elden Ring together. That'd be really fun. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, because I up, yeah, we can, I'll talk. We'll, we'll talk offline and figure out a password. It's just for you and I. Like and, I said, uh, like I, yeah. I just like fucking. This is the first time I experienced online was calling people into this battle. I was like, yeah. let's just get this over with. And then like it was so fun, and I was like, you know, I want to do this for other people too. Yeah, and, dude, I, Frankie. <laughs> hell yeah, let me know when you're playing Elden Ring again. If I'm available, I'll freaking. If you want to summon me to play with you throughout your game sorry excuse me i will totally do that with you i'm trying to convince one of my friends to play i told him like listen we can play the whole game multiplayer just understand that it's very comp it's like basically every time you move to a new zone or somebody dies basically you have to or if we go into a boss battle yeah yeah it's yeah you have to resummon for like everything but you can still but it's possible to play the entire game in multiplayer it's just very um it's very monotonous or rather it's very um i'm choosing the wrong word it's just a pain in the butt because you have to keep constantly resummoning people but it's possible though it's very possible so frankie i'm willing i'm patient enough to do that with you Uh, i got my i dipped my toe in and now i'm curious that's awesome (laughs) yeah yeah i'm totally totally down hell i'll bring my mage with me (laughs) (laughs) all right josh let's close the episode out yeah for sure do this yo yo Special thanks to Anchor.fm for hosting and distributing our podcast. You can visit our website at anchor.fm slash TCOG. And if you'd like to reach out and ask us questions or give us feedback directly, you can find us on Twitter at Cauldron Gaming or email us at thecauldronofgaming at gmail.com. Our extreme gratitude goes out to Naughty Bits for providing us with the primary music we use on our show. To find out more about him, find his music on SoundCloud at Naughty Bits, all one word, or check out the description of the episode for the link. We shuffle through classic tracks throughout the history of gaming for our outros, so be sure to check out the episode descriptions for more information on that as well. Also, check the link in the description for our Spotify Cauldron Picks playlist. We talked Mm -hmm. a lot about it this week, so that's where you can find it. 
Every episode, we add new songs in a growing collection that share some songs we want you all to fall in love with. Uh, so if you want to reach out to us on our socials about uh, what you think about those songs too, give us a shout. Yeah. Please rate, review, and subscribe to our little podcast on our listening platform of your choice. It really helps us get out there, and we'd love to connect with more gaming weight. <laughs> we'd actually love to connect with more gaming mages, necromancers, geomancers, monster hunters, and summoners out there. Laissez les bon temps rouler. Be you. Be kind. Game on.